Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 29th of March, the 88th day of 2021, with a plentiful 277 days waiting for us until 2022. This past week, I received the first dose of the two-dose Pfizer vaccine for COVID-19. Things went smoothly at the Cross Insurance Center in Bangor, where Naomi, an Eastern Maine Community College nursing student, administered the shot. About midway into April, I'm scheduled for the second dose. Toward the end of last week, I made a quick overnight road trip through neighboring New Hampshire and into Vermont, where one of the nearest electric motorcycle dealers is located. There I retrieved what I hope will be an interesting and enjoyable object of exploration, my first electric two-wheeled vehicle. I'm trying to prepare myself for the overall journey ahead, which I'm not expecting to be easy, but lending my support to modes of transportation not reliant upon an internal combustion engine, or ICE, has become important to me. So stay tuned for my occasional reports on this new bike. Today, back in 1918 in Kingfisher, Oklahoma, Sam Walton was born. Eighteen years later, with his new economics degree, he went to work for J.C. Penney, where he gained confidence in his retail skills and bought a Ben Franklin franchise in Newport, Arkansas, which he managed well, soon opening 15 additional stores with his brother. In 1962, with a simple strategy of carrying a wide variety of cheap goods into rural markets, he opened the first Walmart. Within 20 years, he owned close to 2,000 stores, which he personally inspected. He also offered profit-sharing to his employees, along with doing everything he could to encourage his employees to excel, including, in 1983, his dancing the hula in a grass skirt on Wall Street for an audience of stockbrokers. Today, in 1795, Ludwig von Beethoven, at age 24, delivered his debut performance as a pianist in the Burgtheater in Vienna, Austria. Today, in 1871, Queen Victoria opened London's Royal Albert Hall. Today, one year ago, Anthony Fauci warned Americans that the U.S. may see between 100,000 to 200,000 deaths from the ever-encroaching coronavirus. In fact, as of this past week, more than 547,000 Americans have lost their lives to COVID-19, more than two and a half times the guess Fauci made a year ago. Toward the end of last week, the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide had approached 126 million, an increase of at least 4 million cases globally since the week before. And along with the escalation globally of those confirmed cases, 2.8 million inhabitants of planet Earth have died due to COVID. For us here in the U.S., with 4% of the world's population, we've had 25% of the world's confirmed COVID-19 cases and 20% of the world's COVID-19 fatalities. In other words, we're now at 30.1 million cases since the beginning of the pandemic and 547,000 deaths. Right behind us in confirmed cases are Brazil, with 12.4 million cases, and India, with 11.9 million cases. 
France rose significantly this past week from sixth place to fourth place, with 4.5 million cases barely nudging out Russia, which also has 4.5 million cases, though only 30,000 fewer than France. The UK, now with 4.4 million cases, moves to sixth place, and Italy remains in seventh place with 3.5 million cases. One thing that was easy to see in my travels by land the other day is that virtually everyone, with only a few exceptions here and there, is at least masking up these days, though in general, social distancing has yet to become a universal. Currently behind us in the COVID fatality rankings are, in second through fourth place, Brazil, Mexico, and India. Tonight, the first full moon of spring continues, known as the worm moon, the crow moon, and the sap moon. And as 2021's fourth closest full moon, it's also known as a supermoon. This evening late, looking south into the middle of the night sky, find the sparkling blue-white star Spica at the bottom of the constellation Virgo. Then adjust your view straight down to the horizon to locate the globular star cluster Omega Centauri in the constellation Centaurus. In a bit of breaking news this past week, the University of Maine system has now adopted a new system to handle name changes, even slightly retroactive ones, such as that of the recently former Clarence Cook Little Hall at the Orono campus. Those of us who have had our interest piqued by the growing movement this past year to call former UMaine president and Jackson Laboratory founder Clarence Little to account for his much-in-the-past support of the tobacco industry and involvement as president of the American Eugenics Society should be somewhat comforted that the UMaine trustees have demonstrated their willingness to adopt tried-and-true human practices. That is, when in doubt about whether what you're doing is covered by sufficient rules of order, simply create a new policy to cover the activity. In this case, having the right to remove a building name, quote, under extraordinary circumstances when the continued use of the honoree's name would compromise the public trust and reflect adversely upon the university and or University of Maine system and its reputation, close quote. Today is also the birthday of the 10th U.S. President John Tyler in 1790, of German immigrant and Chicago meat marketeer Oscar Meyer in 1859, of Hall of Fame pitcher Cy Young in 1867, of the composer of Take Me Out to the Ball Game, Albert von Tilza in 1878, of the Cisco Kid actor Warner Baxter in 1889, of politician Eugene McCarthy in 1916, of racehorse Man of War in 1917, of actress Pearl Bailey in 1918, of Jimmy Carter's brother Billy in 1937, of comedian and actor Eric Idle in 1943, of supermodel Elle McPherson in 1964, and of Xena warrior princess Lucy Lawless in 1968. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the second official week of spring.